What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Order Within. In today's episode, I'm speaking with Teresa Rehorova. She's a neuroleadership specialist and founder of Devolu Vision. She shares her in-depth knowledge of neuroscience and the art of visualization to transform your visions into reality. Teresa's unique approach, combining ancient meditation principles with modern neuroscience, helps her clients navigate their inner chaos, leading them towards their personal and professional success. In this episode, you'll also learn about the significance of self-awareness and how letting go of fear can open up a world of endless possibilities, discover the power of altering mindsets, and challenge your perception of success as Teresa reveals the potential roadblocks for business and life. This is an episode filled with practical advice and mind-opening discussions. Tune in, and I hope you enjoy. So let's get into it, y'all. Hello, and welcome to Order Within navigating a world of endless chaos and crisis. Many of us are experiencing inner turmoil, insecurity, anxiety, fears, and isolation. These feelings are only being amplified by news cycles, social media, and never-ending political madness. How do we find our way out of the chaos? How do we find strength within ourselves? How do we find meaning in a world driven by materialism? These questions and many more I aim to answer on the show. My goal is to be a trusted guide on your journey to selfhood. May you find what you seek. Hello and welcome everyone. I'm your host, Brandon Ward, back with another episode of Order Within. We've got an excellent guest today. Teresa Rehorova is a neuroleadership specialist. She works with startups and growing companies. She's the founder of Devolu Vision. Teresa is devoted to transforming entrepreneurs' vision into reality through neuroscience. Devolu Vision offers tools that create a new, unique business and personal strategy with all the necessary metrics for achieving ultimate success. Teresa, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. It's nice to be here. My pleasure. Well, I'm excited to, to talk with you. We had a good conversation initially. I'm fascinated by the work that you do and the focus on the brain and the the specialization on on neuroplasticity and and how all that works and I don't think people realize how flexible and dynamic our brains are. We we kind of have this idea most of us anyway that things are very set in stone, especially as we get older. I, but Teresa, your work is is really a, a counterpoint to all that, isn't it? Yes, exactly. So basically coming from the idea that everything, what is around us, what we endorse ourselves with us, uh, including emotions, relationships, material things, also the business success is coming within us. So we are the source of our perception of the world. And the way how we set up ourselves, then the perception is, it's creating, it's developing. So that's my work. I am trying to teach people, mainly entrepreneurs, with the focus on their business, how to create themselves strong enough with the strong foundation. So the company has also this foundation and can develop basically the way they wish to. Because also everyone has a different idea of the success and Often we forget to define what is success for ourselves, right? That's very true. I think a lot of us 
we allow the definition of success to be set by other people and what society has told us or what whatever it is, culture, maybe different countries. I know you are located in Spain, correct? You're living in Spain right now, but you're you speak multiple languages. So I know that you interact with the definitions of success and the cultural definitions of success in a variety of countries. So I think it is important for us to understand how we are defining success and what's driving maybe our, our actions, right, from an internal perspective. I'm curious for you, though, because you work specifically with founders. What do you see a lot is the roadblocks for them to growing and building their companies? As I said, it is uh, inner self to be set up well. This is the first thing. It's the confidence. It's mm. also to have the vision for the business and the right strategy and to be bold to enjoy the journey as well <laughs> because mm. sometimes it is a real hassle right but we still should enjoy because to be entrepreneur is a choice so let's let's enjoy the life also because what i see a lot uh, most of the entrepreneurs they fight with the stress they fight with the anxiety or they are overexcited if they work and they work uh, 10 hours a day because they have so much fun. But there is a stop point. There's a metal stop point. There is our emotional stop point. And that can be dangerous. It's, uh, so it's very important to define yourself and your healthy approach to your business as well. Mm. So in your work, a lot of what you're doing is helping them to define what that means. Um, it's one of the stages I focus mainly on creating the vision for them because mm. that's, that's the part of the neuroscience. Our brain is, um, uh, subconsciously protecting us from things that we don't know. So we don't know how does feel, uh, does the success feels, for example, how does feel, uh, the revenue $1 million? Oh my God, what would I do with all this money? It's, 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 uh, everybody is actually stress situation. So what I make is these visions and vision, these visions, the entrepreneurs, they can look in these situations. They can define it. They can already taste it, live it because our brain doesn't recognize what is reality. For example, what is just imagination and, uh, it's much more easier for them to achieve it. Maybe, maybe you have tried uh, yourself something like this. Yeah, when, I mean, it's funny you mentioned stress and thinking about making money and, and growing. And honestly, as I've become more successful in my life, the same thing with my wife, as we've developed and created more success in our life and generating more income, it can create a lot of stress. It's it's actually you think it would be the opposite, but you're you're challenged to for whatever it is, we go in those fear states. And I think that's our brain kind of working, whatever it may be, our our history, our past, our experiences. I think for that's something that her and I work a lot on is instead of moving into a fear response, looking at this is a blessing, this is an abundance, how do we how do we attune ourselves to that new state of income and what we're driving towards and what we're trying to create. I think because I think a lot of people experience that, Teresa, that fear as they grow and they become more successful, they actually get afraid and they get less confident, right? I mean, is that something you're shaking your head? So so it's common, isn't it? Exactly. You get kind of frozen because 
uh, the stage when I'm like, oh my God, it's happening. What I have been fighting for, it's happening. And then there is another stage when this is what you were fighting for, let's say one third of your life. What you're going to do next? It's another fear. When you reach this target, what can be your another purpose for living? So that is another question. What is your purpose behind what you do? Do you do it because you love learning new things? So there will be always something for you and you learn within your business, for example, or uh, you want to at the end uh, help the world somehow, or you want to create a nice family, or you want to leave something behind you. This is, this is the next step to see. <laughs> mm. So how is it with your understanding of the brain, how do you apply those? How do you apply that to the work that you do? Like, how is it understanding the brain and its plasticity? How, how does that help you in your work? So first of all, uh, what I'm saying, uh, there, there can be many approaches and many keywords that can be used. Because for some people, it's easier to speak about, about these things in maybe religion concept or in a spiritual concept or in something very simple you know, coming from heritage of your culture, mm. maybe. But um, we have found out that nobody speaks this language in the world of the business. I found out that... Uh, one is very data-oriented, very racial-oriented, and uh, is something what happened with our brain. When we get into this stress level, our brain, the waves in our brain are getting in a, a stress momentum when we are not able to be creative anymore and we are becoming more selfish. It's not meant... Um, bad way. It doesn't mean negative necessarily, but we are becoming selfish because we are stressed. The body is in the stress. The yeah. hormones are out. So it's again, the survival mode and we are trying to protect ourselves and we cannot be creative anymore. We cannot take more initiatives. We cannot uh, compassion or collaboration. We think everything is competition and I want to bring these principles in the world of the business as well. So people can, uh, entrepreneurs, businessmen, investors also, they can see that there is a power in a collaboration. There is a power in being in this stage when you can allow yourself to be creative. And if you need two days off, take two days off and then you create it and your scale will increase. So uh, that's how I'm approaching at this word of the business. Yes. <laughs> so applying some of the spiritual principles, some of the, maybe yes. spiritual is one way you, you mentioned it. Religious could be another one. Like, I think a lot of people may think about these things differently, but it's, it's bringing more of the human, compassionate, collaborative components to the world of business is what you're doing in your work. Exactly. And with neuroscience, I, I believe that the science is the field which is connecting everyone with whatever perspective we have because it's bringing the proven data and um, uh, people who like neglect uh, these facts and you bring them the data from the uh, lab. I have to admit that it works. So it is um, the solution for large scale 
people and their way of thinking, their way of mindset. That's why the neuroscience is, is a very nice approach. Mm. Well, in your world, working with entrepreneurs, founders, that probably has to be applied a lot, doesn't it? Do you have to, do you have to bring, you have to bring these principles from a data approach? Is that how you help kind of reach people that are very data driven? Exactly, exactly. And it's different type of conversation also. A uh, person is data-driven. You speak a uh, data-driven uh, language. If they are more uh, um, visionary-driven and they think in the pictures and fantasies, then you speak this way. But uh, that always helps to persuade them that this is the way how to approach your business and maybe also connect their life. It's the professional, right? And personal. Uh, I see. How did you learn? What, what were you doing before that you learned about some of these things and got you into the work that you're doing? Well, that's a thing because uh, I started with meditation. I think that's where it always begins with me already uh, with 10 years ago. Mm. And uh, I started to educate myself through different courses and uh, have different academies, also mm. different like coaching techniques. And I found out that uh, technique creating the vision which I'm doing and working with works the best for me and what I want to bring also to the world and to my purpose. I have to say that uh, here I have a part of uh, Vipassana meditation. It is, mm -hmm. uh, maybe I have heard about it. Did you? Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a special type of work uh, that is uh, not religion connected. And uh, it's quite of intensive. You do 10 hours of meditation every day for 10 days. <laughs> without speaking, without phone, without book, without pen and paper. And <laughs> And uh, See, I knew very little about it. I've heard of it, Teresa. I didn't realize it was this, that intense. So, so you, do you go to a retreat to do something like that? Or is that something that you can do at your home? I mean, what's... No, I recommend it to go to the retreat because the conditions are just the best over there. And uh, feel also confident that you can finish it and there are more people. So you feel this compassion that you are not alone and everything. Uh, it is at the retreat. And uh, super interesting because a lot of the wisdom, a lot of the uh, learnings, for example, I received over there just through the meditations are the same with what is written in the neuroscience and scientific books about the business, about how to live your life, how to approach the people, how to approach the society. So um, that's another reason and another thing that I recommend it's good to detach yourself from everyday reality also to find out yourself where is your truth, where it's standing. And then for me, it's just uh, great that I can use it also in my everyday work. This type of, yeah. this type of learning. So you said you found there were common connections between what you've learned with the meditation practice and what they're teaching from their practice to what we know about business and neuroscience, like they're, they're very similar is what you're saying. Definitely. Because in the meditation, there is happening an important thing that, that we want. And it is that your brain is changing. 
the neuroplasticity of the brain is happening in the moment of the meditation. That's why I recommend meditation to everyone. And it is a proof how difficult it is to change your habitual behavior. Because to sit in the meditation for five minutes, 10 minutes, one hour or two hours, it's, it can be very difficult. And the same way difficult it is to change your habits. So for example, I said that every day we wake up, our actions of the day are almost the same as the day before because we connect ourselves with our past, with our past experience, with our past emotions. And uh, it doesn't allow us to create the new reality, the new possibilities, right? So for example, uh, as a business owner, you wish to have 1000 customers. And it is so difficult for you to reach that number. It, it, it feels impossible because you are so connected with that reality that it is impossible. But if you were able to cut off your past, your past experience of the day before, when you thought it is not possible, maybe the day you would hit that number. <laughs> so that is also it's, very important. <laughs> because you're letting go of, do you think, so you're saying what we sometimes block the potential for new experiences based on our past, the things that we're thinking. So in this example, if you're, you want a thousand customers, but let's say you have one customer, you have no customers and you want a thousand customers, that gap seems huge. But if you can disconnect from what that past has been and realize that in a new future, things are possible and that it is possible to bring that to life. And you, you help clients and you, these are things that you teach in meditation. These are things that you work on to help kind of change our past connections. Is that, is that what you're saying? Teresa? Exactly. 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 To, to make them able to see uh, the new possibilities and to be able to achieve them. That's why uh, so it is nice. Uh, I have some customers who come to me and they tell me, I'm so excited about the neuroscience and neuroleadership. I have read many books and I have heard podcasts and it's great. But you need to get into the practice. You need to apply it in your life to see the results if you want the results. Mm. And for you, is that meditation? Is that the means to apply it, the best way to apply the work that you're because you, you talk about visualization as a big part of your work too. So are you doing, are you, do you go into visualizations when you're meditating like this? Like, is this a part of your practice? Um, I am doing two types of uh, meditation that works for me. One of them is a deeper stage of meditation when I really disconnect and trying to disconnect from who I am and uh, from the world. So just that eat that I sleep mm. within and, um, it is uh, not much connecting with the material life, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's good for our spirit. And then I am doing another type of meditation where I'm connecting with exactly the visualization where I kind of get a start relax and I let my fantasy grow. And I'm asking myself questions because I kind of no, the questions, the best is always that somebody else is guiding you through that visualization process. So you can only see the things that you need to see because otherwise we don't know what is the best for us. Many, many entrepreneurs found out that 
actually what makes them happy is their family at the end and not not their company. <laughs> that's a good thing. A yes, good thing. yes. There is a hope. <laughs> there is hope. There is hope. Well, I think sometimes we forget that business and success in life is a tool. It's a vehicle to 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 live the life that we want to live, which is spending time with people that we care about, doing the things that really matter to us, making an impact in our community. All of those things, business can facilitate that and, and can amplify the the impact that we make in our everyday life. It's easy to get caught up in the numbers and the revenue and the money and all the big stuff, the flashy stuff, but that doesn't bring us fulfillment. And it's one of the things that I think is interesting about your work, Teresa, is that neuroscience has shown us that it, it doesn't we'll get we'll get that peak experience in a moment where we'll have the hit from the big accomplishment. But then we it always goes back down to whatever our baseline is in terms of our brain. And so if we can't live in those highs, if we do, it's a very destructive way to live, isn't it? Um, exactly. I think that. It is important for every entrepreneur to realize this and to archer uh, this ability to, to, to know exactly what you have explained. Because we as a humans, we are addicted to emotion. So the emotions will come at any point. Oh, it's very difficult to be emotionalized. So in the moment when your company will just like a rocket, crazy, you will get so thrilled, excited, even though you, you know the base. Um, your company will fail, hit the ground, you're going to be sad and you can feel really frustrated. Uh, as long as you set up this for yourself first, uh, easier to reconnect with it when you have this emotional up and downs. Mm. So that's something to me that meditation has always helped with is the continuity that it brings. That, that the It helps with the ebbs and flows, the highs and lows of life. Just as you said, and you know, it's interesting, Teresa, I've always struggled with the visualization component <laughs> when I'm visualizing and I've re you're helping me too, because I've realized that a lot of the, the meditation that I do is me freeing from my body, really being in spirit, leaving, like just, I get further and further away sometimes from, from where I am when I go into my meditation practice. It's the same thing. And a lot of my healing practices too, around psychedelics, like you get very, you know, you can get very far away from your body and, and where you are now, but the visualization component where you're asking questions, where you're really, you're trying to see the life that you want, that that's very interesting too, because I think a lot of people are, are more familiar with meditation in the sense of where they may leave their, their body or they're kind of, they're, they're, I don't want to say escape because that's, that's too strong of a word. But I'd love to I'd love to get your perspective and talk a little bit more about the visualization component and and how you help people achieve that vision in meditation because it's it's you have to know where you're going right and I think that visualization component helps us get there. Um, exactly, it's a sort of option because there are people who are visualizing able to visualize very easy, and then there are people who maybe just just hear or just kind of read the storyline. Mm -hmm. So it very much also depends what type of person you can be. Uh, it's easiest to put the person to the visualization because we're very used to, to your uh, vision as our eyes and the perception, uh, leaving the message from outward. 
And the main key is, I think, to start to uh, increase the capability of your fantasy also. So I recommend to read uh, books, for example, the storybooks. Look at mm. lot of businessmen, they forget to read storybooks and they read only business-oriented books. But then their fantasy is not kind of flowing. You are not able to create those pictures in your mind. So these are like a start, some exercises you can do. Mm. And another thing is that you can uh, imagine your favorite place, right? Like where you feel comfortable. And that way you start to receive some pictures in your mind and you can kind of try. Maybe it would be nice for you to try this way. Uh, first touch of the vision. I just am in the forest. Yes. There's the waterfall or something. And it, it starts to flow. And from there, you can easy or easier get on the journey of visualization. Oh, where am I standing here? Also, one year later, 2024. And maybe the picture is going to change, right? Mm. So th then that, that can be a nice entrance into visualizing. That's great. So it's slow, slow stepping our way into the progress and into the visualization process. We can start with areas that we feel comfortable with or, or we really enjoy. Start there. So like a beautiful forest or an island or whatever it may be, whatever resonates with each of us. Uh -huh. I love to the recommendation of reading fiction, going into the world of imagination and imagining worlds and, and, and exercising, because I don't think people realize that imagination is a skill, isn't it? It's a, it's a skill that we can develop and grow and strengthen. And the less we use it, the more kind of logical and linear we become. But to your point earlier, it makes it hard to imagine and envision because that, that imaginative power can be extremely strong and helpful in the world of business and our real world, can it? No, exactly. But if you go to the office every day, let's say, where is your company set up, your perception of the reality is uh, every day very similar or there is nothing very much new. So your creativity is not set. But once you are, for example, in this uh, fiction uh, stories about traveling to the space and <laughs> you, you, it, it, it might seed your creativity, it might seed also your purpose and you become a kid again and you start to dream because we should never stop to dream uh, because that's, that's a little bit of fun <laughs> within, within our lives as well. And um, the visualization, it's great to know what, what you want to see, right? Yes. When you start visualization process and you're just like, okay, give me a picture. And of course, nothing's going to come. You don't need to come up with the question. So if you try to do this at home, probably you can ask yourself this question before you dive into visualization. Am I standing in five years? And then you close your eyes and you can even do a little bit of uh, thing. You can go from five to one. So you count for your, say, five, four, three, two, one. When it's one, I'm standing in uh, my office. How does it look like? Mm -hmm. And that moment, I you realize that you have a huge team. And that really, <laughs> that really uh, builds up this picture within you and makes you uh, believe that there is this option. Mm. That's awesome. I've, you know, I've. And because there's a lot of people, I think, Teresa, that struggle with visualization like this. Uh -huh. Like, That's why I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it, because it's 
I, I've struggled with that too. And I think what you're describing is a way to allow openness and flexibility for visions to come into place by, by proposing questions, by thinking about a future state, and then allowing whatever to present itself to present. I've, I've always been, and I realize now, I think a lot of this is true for many of us, is we're trying to control the scenario. We're trying to control the vision. We're trying to control what we're seeing. And I think that can be part of the challenge is that if we're seeing the future, we don't know yet what it is. So we have to allow ourselves to relax and let it present itself to us, huh? Exactly. Um, people want to be in control of their lives because when we lose the control, uh, it's unstable. We want to be stable. We want to know what's going to happen tomorrow. So to let unexpectable happen tomorrow, we have to let go a little bit of this control as well. I see. Do you, I imagine working with CEOs and founders at startups and, and companies that are growing, you probably run up against that quite a bit, don't you? Like, what are some of the common challenges that you see and, you know, maybe business owners or entrepreneurs that they're limited from their mindset perspective? Uh, exactly what we have mentioned, to allow themselves to dream, to have that vision. Because uh, too much attached to their business plan, to the business strategy they have set up. They, they don't see another option. But then another option can be better, can be bigger, can be uh, more fun. But they don't want to see. So once we start to work together, I really need to teach them and take them into this stage of mind where, where can they, where they believe there is no wrong answer. This is what we need to realize often, always uh, decide. This is good. This is bad. Um, I do it right. I do it wrong. This is good way. This is wrong way. Uh, but if you mm. get rid of of this polarization, then mm. uh, your journey becomes more comfort also. And there is never wrong answer for visualization. So allow yourself to be out of this category. I think that's the biggest challenge. Mm, that's. That's wonderful because, I mean, you see that in the world too, the, the binary component to everything, the polarizing component, everything's black or white, yes or no, right or wrong. And to your point, Teresa, is there are many paths, truthfully unlimited paths that could potentially present themselves before us that would allow us to achieve our goals if we just allow that to happen, right? We let go and say, you know what, this is, the, the, this is what I would like to create. But the way that I get there is not for, for me to decide. It's allowing the universe to go about supporting us in our journey and creating. And I love that you said that because I don't think it's, it's the letting go, but it's also the judgment. The judgment that we, we judge, this is right, this is wrong, that's good, that's bad. In reality, we don't know because if, if we have, if we take on the position that there is nothing wrong in life. Literally nothing that happens in my life is wrong. It's only showing me something. There is no bad things now, technically, like because you're just learning from everything. Now, I know that may seem kind of insane or a big stretch for maybe many of the listeners, but I think to your point, though, is when we take on that mindset, we truly do allow ourselves infinite possibilities on how we create. What, what are your thoughts around that? Uh, I think it's very liberating, isn't it? 
when you realize that mm. there is no wrong scenario, it's, it's liberate you from all the fears, from all the anxiety, from all the stress. Um, push, pushes from inside. I, I think that it's actually very important to realize because then your life can be much more better quality. And also, as, uh, as you were mentioning that I uh, can let, let's say, the universe or the environment to happen even better than what we think that we should have or we deserve. Once we are in this non-stress, no-stress uh, stage, then it can happen. So it's very important to get rid of fears, be confident, and, uh, be anxious, don't be in distress moments. Uh, people don't realize how important it is not to be there and how to recognize also for themselves. Am I stressed today or not? A lot of people don't don't don't, don't uh, see or recognize where is the line. And for them, it's not important because we believe and the society tells us that the successful entrepreneur is the stress entrepreneur who works 10 hours a day. <laughs> uh, and uh, there is not another way around. <laughs> And it's not, that's the furthest thing from the truth, isn't it? It doesn't have to be that way. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just up to you. How you create your word is going to be. And um, oh. of course, I don't want it to sound very Danish. You still have to do the work. You have to do, <laughs> right? You have to get up and. Let's bring the yeah, time. Like it doesn't just happen. <laughs> exactly. There is a hard work behind it. It's very hard work on your mindset. Um, you learn how to be and how uh, to have the neuroplasticity, how to be in this say, meditative state, in this creative stage, most of the time, because most of the time we are in the stressed stage. And this is coming from our right? animals. I think it was always, let's say, the survivor instinct. Yeah. And, and that's a hard one to undo. And that's the work that you're talking about. The work that we have to do is, I think, slowly working, getting away from recognizing ourselves. That's why self-awareness is so important is because we come back to that space to where we can see us in that chaotic, anxious state and knowing that we can shift our perspective. We can live differently. Doesn't mean we don't we don't have to get up and do the work every day, but it's the way we approach the work. It's the possibility that anything could be different. For me, Teresa, one of the that's the faith component for me changed my life in that sense that I stopped trying to figure everything out and what what is the right path, all this stuff. I just started letting go of that and showing up every day and being present and doing what I can to be in a state of of openness and positivity and faith as much as I can. Now, I'm not perfect. Nobody is. We fail, right? But letting go of the control has helped a ton for me. And I think that's probably like what you're talking about is a huge part of it for many of us as we try and control so much. Well, exactly. For example, if I worked with the entrepreneur who's looking for a new investor and he believes that to get this investor, he needs to take five steps and to have this uh, revenue and this amount of customers. It's, it's going to be that way. But if he believes that he will come to one event and he will meet a person, <laughs> who's, who's going to become the investor? 
it's going to happen that way. It doesn't have to be so difficult. There are more options. So choose the best option for you. And uh, yes, let go. It's, it's what has happened yesterday happened yesterday. As you say, show up and do your best again with the joy of the uh, new day. Nobody will give us back our time we are spending uh, in this life, right? So let's spend it with uh, optimism, with believing in what we do is good. Of course, we are still human, so sometimes there is up and down, but let's take this as uh, basics. Exactly. That's And that's well said. Because that's what the neuroscience shows us now, too, is that the optimistic approach, it doesn't mean that we don't, we're, we repress negative emotions or we don't have bad things happen in life. It's the optimism, the perspective, it's an optimistic perspective, meaning that no matter what comes our way, we can navigate those situations. Things don't have to be extremely difficult. I love the example you just gave about the founder. What, what if we just believe that things could be effortless? What if we believe that things could be joyful? What if we believe that building a company could actually be fun and, and light and freeing instead of heavy and serious and intense? You know, it's, it's, it's all in our perspective, isn't it? Exactly. And isn't it uh, giving you a lot of, of power? Isn't it giving you a lot of like a confidence and power and the courage to step in the world because you believe that you can do it. And all this base is giving you the sense of believing in yourself. And that's at the end, the most important of when we speak with people, uh, what type of, uh, type of sense they have from us when we don't believe in ourselves and when we come with this like a super confident. Even if you don't buy the product, you will remember the person as someone. You will remember the person <laughs> with that huge energy. So, yes, that's a, that's a very powerful that's, to stand there. And uh, I just, love it. I, I think that's... Oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just to add uh, what I recommend, and it's a nice exercise also to do, is to actually find yourself a place. Uh, you feel powerful. So you can do it again through visualization, for example, stand up uh, somewhere um, in your living room, close your eyes and imagine uh, you, that you're standing in the circle and you imagine yourself in that stage of feeling powerful and to define for yourself all these artists, uh, uh, confidence, mm. powerful, unbeatable, being smart, having all the information, whatever is important for you, you create yourself and you feel it and you feel it for some time, a couple of minutes in that circle. And then anytime within your days, when it can get worse, when you need these qualities, you imagine and you step in this circle with close eyes and you can feel how this is hanging over your mind and your body. And uh, it can be nice exercise for every day. <laughs> That's great. I guess depending on how stressful your day may be, huh? Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. But sometimes before maybe a big meeting or some important meeting, you need this confidence, you need to you need to feel it. You can do this type of exercise. You know, it's interesting. I, w I went through a coaching program, the Positive Intelligence Coaching Program, and that was one of the things that they taught similarly. Not exactly what you just described, Teresa, which I love that, getting in and visualizing it. I think that's similar. Tony, Tony Robbins used to share some, some concepts like that. The cool thing is, is by it's, it's finding the things that work for us. And I think getting, anchoring ourselves 
into those states is what when it becomes very powerful is because and what you described is us anchoring into a power state, whatever that may mean for each of us, mm-hmm. that can allow us to navigate our days in a more in a more fulfilled way, in a more confident way, especially right. if you're going into a meeting or having a you got a tough day ahead, getting ready and, and feeling that power from within ourselves is is what it's about. And to be truthful, that's why I do this podcast is because I believe that humans are amazing beings and that we have so much potential and power within all of us. And that if we only recognize that and, and trusted that more, we would transform the world through our actions, through our deeds, because of the fact that we're connected with that power that lives within us. I truly believe that we all have that power. It's just tapping into it and then using it in our everyday lives. Uh, that's amazing. And I think it's amazing that more and more people are open to this and are believing in these uh, capabilities of us as humans. And it's, it's more and more, so the stronger it is, the better it's going to be in the future for us. <laughs> I agree. Well, luckily, there are people like you out there doing this kind of work because, you know, frankly, people need to learn about it. It's it's not woo-woo. It's not, it's not weird. I, I think meditation has a place in everyday life. And, and as you said, you go to this... You've gone to this incredible meditation retreat, but what you found is that the things that they're teaching are parallel to what we're learning about the brain and in neuroscience. It's just the way they've been communicating it, the things that they've been communicating it, but the direction that they've been talking about, the recommendations, the things that they say you need to do align with what we know about our brains and how it operates. So it's meditation isn't some random thing anymore. It's very backed by science now. And so I'm, I'm thankful that there are people like you out there teaching other people like this, particularly busy startups and founders and entrepreneurs, because I don't think entrepreneurs realize the power that they hold to influence culture and community and everyone around them. And if they're in a in a wonky kind of negative state, they can impact people in a negative way, which ripples out. So there's a lot of influence that they have. Yes, exactly. I think that uh, coming from Europe, I would say those 10 years ago, if you were meditating, you were a bit a hippie person. But uh, nowadays, it's, it's, uh, nowadays in, it's becoming normal. Uh, it's becoming uh, people have it as uh, everyday, uh, uh, everyday uh, routine. And that's great. So I also believe that implementing this type of strategies in your business, in the way uh, lead your company, uh, in the time and with the education and also with not just with me but also with you uh, as this uh, great podcast uh, will will increase that's the goal Teresa I really appreciate that I mean honestly I just love connecting with with strong intelligent individuals like yourself who are out there focused on this work and and leaning into it and it's cool because you are doing this based on your own experiences what you described earlier and your experience with meditation that led you into this work because of the impact that it had on your life and and how it helped you and and you know look at what you're doing now you've been traveling you speak multiple languages you live in Spain you work with companies all over Europe and you're helping them learn meditation practices that are basically kind of ancient forms of meditation in many ways and you're applying that to the world of business i i think that that's fantastic 
Hello, everyone. I'm very grateful. <laughs> I'm very grateful. Sometimes it's been a hard work, but uh, I'm excited about this journey. And I, uh, I really wish to be able to impact more and more uh, founders. And I would like also to spread the service more within the investors, because what I'm finding, figuring out that many investors uh, can be more conservative than the founders because founders are often younger generation uh, than uh, the investors. And investors' approach can be also uh, very one-direction-minded. So what I'm trying now, and I'm like launching new types of services, is uh, towards uh, investor and founder relationship. When I'm trying to navigate both of them through this process of visualization, trust, and mediation, uh, so they can create this together. There are not limitations from the side of investors or also from the side of founders, because they uh, often the founders and young entrepreneurs they are overexcited, right, about their their business, and they don't realize it's a marathon. It's not just a one year spring. Uh, so to make them realize that uh, this is a lifestyle. <laughs> it's not just a uh, fast scale up. That's right. I, I think that's, I mean, you know, I had to learn that lesson when I was young too, thinking that things were thinking around one, two year time periods. It, that's not how it, you really have to be thinking about things in 10, 15, 20 year time periods when you're building things, you're growing, growing enterprises, creating, launching, whatever it may be, it really is the marathon mindset that makes the big difference. And I love that you're focusing on investors too, because I think that's a huge part of this as well, is there's a lot of these kind of old ideas that are living in our world. Now, I'm, I'm about traditions. There are absolutely traditions that are valuable to us as, as a species and what we create in our societies. But Sometimes that fixed mindedness, that old school mindset can really limit our growth and ability as humans to connect with each other and make impacts in the way that we can. So I love that you're focusing on investors as well, because, again, it's a big impact and role that they play in our ecosystem. Right. So having that power and having that awareness can can apply that in meaningful, fulfilling, servant servant oriented ways in our society, because really, to me, Teresa, it's about offering more compassion and love in our culture and our society, genuine love and compassion, right? Which is, in my mind, done through service. And that's what we give with our time, our energy, our focus. Uh, yeah. um, just to the investors, as you mentioned, uh, these processes of choosing startups uh, um, are very numbers-oriented or also on the opposite side, very personal oriented. Sometimes the investor might have just a little bit bad gut feeling about the startup and they decline it. But the, they know themselves that it is a great idea that kind of everything match, but there is something there is something wrong. And this is the moment when uh, I believe my services come in because it can be just inability of the startup founder to be transparent because he fears to be transparent, to show his vulnerabilities and imperfections. Because he's too young to know that investors know that everyone has imperfections. <laughs> so uh, these kind of little things uh, can change people's lives, right? Uh, within, within the business environment. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's very interesting. And 
Still, I believe, as, as you said, I believe if we do something with uh, heart, with the best intentions, it, it will it will come back. It's, it's the only way how to do things. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Putting, putting it out there, paying it forward, if you will, right? That's the, the principle. That, that I love that. The giver's gain. There's all sorts of things where we can look to how being of service and how being kind to other people can, can come back to us in more ways than we can imagine. And I think that's really what it's about. So, Teresa, two things real quick before we, before we wrap up here. How can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about your work and what you do? And then what would be kind of your final message that you would like to share with the audience before we part ways? Yes, so uh, if you are interested in uh, my services or get to know more about what I do, don't hesitate to connect with me from my website, uh, consulting.com or on the LinkedIn page, very easy. And also set up a discovery call with me over there. And uh, you can speak more in detail about the services of like on your business. And uh, finally, as you said, a uh, message towards the audience, yes. And uh, don't hesitate to discover your options out of your reality. Go ahead, play, play mm. with, with your world every day. Try to do something different every day and your life is going to change for the better. And open your eyes. The adventure is there. The fun is there. <laughs> I love that. So keep, don't forget that this is an adventure. Life is an adventure, not something so serious, right? All the time. Yes. Let's take it a little bit easy. There are enough stuff moments. So, so the rest. Let's enjoy. <laughs> I love it. That's so true. There's enough tough moments and, and hard things in the world that we got to manage. Let's let's make it a little lighter. That's that's fantastic. Well, Teresa, this was awesome. I really appreciated you coming on the show and your time. I think the audience will have a lot. There's a lot of nuggets in here to think about, to to learn from. I also love that you gave some very practical examples and exercises that they can look to apply in their life if they want to learn some of these things and start to 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 gain from the benefits of meditation, visualization, and, and what we've learned about our brains and, and how flexible and strong they are. So, Teresa, I really appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on. As for the audience, I definitely appreciate your ears, your eyes, all that as usual. You all know episodes drop weekly. We got the YouTube channel rocking now, which you'll see myself and Teresa on there. So I certainly appreciate all of your time, your energy, your attention, all of that. It's very valuable in the world that we live in. So with that being said, until next time, y'all. Thank you for listening to Order Within. If you found the episode helpful, please consider sharing, rating, and subscribing. New episodes will be released every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until next time, y'all.